Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? I'm tired, Chris. I don't mind admitting, but I'm ready to go with the <gasps> podcast. <laughs> tired? Yeah. Been drinking again? No, I have not been drinking again. How dare you? Uh, lies, I'm currently lies. on <laughs> currently on a football... Well, I have been drinking because... I'm on a football podcast tour at the moment. Uh, right. I saw a couple of your fans in Sheffield who were very into uh, abroad in Japan. Two Japanese students. At Our the Sheffield fans, Hallam. surely. Our fans. Uh, one lad. You're, you're a big part even, of abroad in Japan these days. <laughs> one lad didn't even like. Um, uh, he didn't even like football, but he sat through the show anyway just to say hello to me. So in turn, oh to say hello to you. Uh, they were very lovely, but so, uh, they, they, so they a did fan like of the abroad Japan. Japan. F- a fan of the Broad Japan podcast sat for like two and a half hours through a football ramble show just to actually talk to you for like two minutes. Yeah, well, that hour is dedication. Half, hour and a half and a break. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I hope uh, in your upcoming events across the UK and in the US, similar things happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they did actually. They did actually send an email in with your face, and you, <laughs> you just looked really bemused. <laughs> I was just very like, tired. Uh, yeah. I like it. I like it when. Um, Fans bump into you and they send me your face, like photos of your confused and bemused smiling face. It's more Makes sometimes. Week. Sometimes people will just take a picture of me from like far away when I'm like in a bar or something, um, <laughs> and I feel like I feel, it's like I'm the rock or something. It's like I'm like a film star that they uh, try to take pictures of. What an underwhelming <laughs> bit of uh, bit of jpeggery. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, like you, I um, I'm not tired, but I. Mm-hmm. Had a bad day because I discovered that I seem to have got uh, a tolerance to coffee and caffeine just by virtue of the fact I drink so much bloody coffee every day that now it just doesn't work anymore. So I have nothing to wake up. I have no way of waking up. What do I do? (laughs) It's a real first world problem, isn't it? Oh, coffee doesn't work anymore because I drink it so much. It's going to have to be... uh, You're going to have to get involved in a bit of exercise. I bought one of those um, little... uh, You know, like the Nintendo Switch, you you can get like a ring... That you exercise with. It's yes. like a Wii Fit, but for the Switch. Um, I bought one of them, and I had a go at it yesterday. I was bloody exhausted, Chris. But, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe get involved in a bit of that action. Play the Goose Game. Good man. Uh, the entitled Goose Game, and then uh, move on to the uh, 
the switch uh, fit uh, ring because I was exhausted the by the end fit of it. Ring. My bum hurts. Brilliant. <laughs> I've <laughs> I found the only thing that does work, the only form of coffee that does actually give me some sort of effect right. is uh, cold brew coffee. Okay. Are you familiar with cold brew coffee? It just it's all the rage here at the uh, moment. It's very expensive and it comes in bottles sometimes and it's all very interesting. It comes in bottles. Yeah, it's basically coffee that's... Um, okay, I don't know how to explain it. It's basically coffee that's fused with water very gradually and slowly. Uh, ah. Usually you blast coffee beans with hot water, right? And then coffee comes out. Yeah. With cold brew coffee, it's... The water is filtered through the coffee beans at, I think, room temperature, uh, and it's just done very gradually. It takes a long time to do it, but the coffee at the end of it is is really nice. It doesn't have a nice, it doesn't have a, a bitter aftertaste, and it just has this really nice, clean taste. Ah. Only problem is, it's really hard to pronounce in Japanese, and I just cannot do it for the life of me. Korodo. Do you know what coffee is in Japanese? Do you know how you say kohi? coffee in Japanese? Kohi. Yeah, kohi. It's kind of I find that difficult for some reason. Kohi. <laughs> Because it's like a, it's it's spelled like K O uh, H I, but you yeah. kind of lengthen the O sound, so kohi. Um, cold brew coffee. What do you think cold brew coffee is in Japanese? Called samui, samui kohi. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that would be a lot easier to say. Yeah, samui coffee. Um, no, it's literally um, cold brew coffee, but just said in a Japanese in, in Japanese guide I <laughs> And it's really hard to say. Cold brew coffee. I'm going to try it now. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready to hear what it sounds like? I can only do it if I speak slowly. Okay. Corridor brew coffee. Corridor. That's the that's the key problem. Corridor. Corridor brew coffee. I can't say it. It's like come It's just so embarrassing. <laughs> so the the only thing that works for me, the only form of coffee that actually has an impact, and I can't bloody pronounce it when I'm standing in Starbucks oh. or Tully's Coffee, I have to sort of point at the menu and be like, oh, that one. Yeah, that Corre. one there. Corre and they're coffee. like, this one? Can you say it for me? And I'm like, Corridor Buru Coffee. Nightmare. This is our words. This is English. For crying out loud, I shouldn't be able to say it. Next time. Next time, I'm going to use Samui coffee. Yeah, Samui exactly. Coffee. Yeah, they'll know what you're talking about, surely. <laughs> Absolutely. The second problem, and the reason I've had that problem is uh, I've been drinking loads of coffee because I've been editing lots of videos this week. I mm. uh, I recently went to Skiji Fish Market with Riotro. Did I tell you about this? Oh, no, went to you didn't, Skiji no. Fish Market. And it's, um, well, Skiji Fish Market, most of you guys listening probably know that Skiji Fish Market moved about mm. a year ago. Uh, the world's biggest fish market is no more. Turns out, though, it is actually still there, a lot of it. Um, the wholesaling bit, the bit where they do like um, the auctions for yeah. the tuna, the bluefin tuna, they do that now at a really sterile but rather nice and clean-looking place uh, a few miles down the road in Toyosu Fish Market. Yeah. But the outer market, the bit of Skiji, the bit of Skiji Fish Market that is the best bit where you can actually eat and try food and drink and things, that's still there, going mm. strong. And um, I didn't know that. It's bad because I've been telling everyone, oh, don't go to Skiji Fish Market for the last year because I thought it was closed. But mm. it's there and it's better than ever before. Okay. And I really enjoyed it. I went there with uh, Riotaro mm. for a video and we kind of tried four or five different dishes. We tried some sake, even though it was like nine o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> it's just a really kind of fun, exciting atmosphere. One, I think it's one of my favourite places in Tokyo, to be honest, mm. in terms of being able to try different forms of cuisine and the atmosphere is kind of exciting um awful lot of foreigners though <laughs> which is good um but it meant that i think i was stopped about 25 times in the space of three hours including riotere and uh 
Riotto loves it. When you see Riotto get recognised <laughs> by a fan, he, he just smiles. He loves. He kind of embraces this this fame. And, he's Mr. Uh, rock and Roll. That's why yeah. he's Mr. Hollywood. <laughs> imagine, uh, imagine what real estate the uh, the people who own the land or the building of Skiji. I can't say it. Sakiji, your cold brew coffee. That is Sakiji, Sakiji, Jesus, Sakiji. It's very early for me. Sakiji, um, fish market. Excuses. Uh, imagine how, um, imagine how much uh, prime real estate that is. I mean, that's going to be apartments soon, isn't it? Imagine how much cash because yeah. it's got. It's got a lot of square footage. Um, you know, it even if it retains it's a, at the, the moment. Bits. Yeah, at the moment, the old bit, the old. Uh, the old wholesaling market is completely flattened out. All the buildings are gone. It's just right. a big patch of concrete, and I think they are building probably apartments on it. They did have a problem though when they um, when they knocked down Skiji Fish Market. You know, it'd been there for decades, I think fifty, mm. sixty years or something, and there was thousands of vendors. It was an incredible place. Did you actually mm. ever go into the wholesaling market? Did you go? Uh, into I didn't it? go to the wholesaling market. I went to the um, the food bits um, about food five bit. o'clock in the morning after a, a night out. <laughs> well, I remember. This, I, you know, the I used to take friends there. in there. <laughs> yeah, I used to take friends in there as a as a tour, you know, mm. and just sort of show them around because it was complete chaos. You had fish everywhere, you had water dripping and pouring out of every hole in the like ceiling and on the floor. It was quite an interesting place. It felt a bit like being underwater yeah. just by virtue of the fact that it was so fishy and cold and damp and wet. But uh, after they removed it, they had a problem that uh, hundreds of thousands of rats poured out of it basically because oh. all the rats suddenly had no home. And uh, it became a real issue for the surrounding neighbourhoods <laughs> in Tokyo. All these rats suddenly started turning up and oh, pissing, and pissing like all over everything and ruining everything. So, <laughs> yes, it wasn't good for everyone. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh no, they gotta go somewhere. They gotta go somewhere. Mm. My next problem, though, yeah. coffee aside and inability to pronounce cold brew coffee, <laughs> is uh, I don't know what to have for dinner. Oh, what should okay. I have for dinner, Pete? What do I do? Um, it's fried chicken. Seven o'clock here now. It's seven huh? o'clock. Hmm. Fried chicken. Get one of those um, melon pans. Melon pan. Coolish. Melon bread. Um, really. Picari sweat. Um, no coffee for you. <laughs> You're not allowed coffee. You got. I'm. I'm. I'm cutting you off. You gotta go cold turkey. Um, yeah. Get yourself some uh, yakitori chicken. Yakitori chicken. Yes. Yeah, I've got I've got like three options basically. I'm near a convenience store that does decent yakitori fried chicken. Uh, sorry, yakitori grilled chicken. Uh, I'm also near a sober restaurant doing sober noodles with tempura. Nice. And I've also got three bananas, and I've got to decide which one to go for for dinner: bananas, <laughs> yakitori, or sober with tempura. What well, would three, you do? Choose your own adventure. <laughs> well, three bananas. Three is bananas. Definitely better. I've got I've got some leftover um, sushi from Taro, which is an alright little um, little Japanese That's uh, disgusting. restaurant yesterday. But uh, I've, I've still got some sashimi from yesterday, which I'm fairly certain I left Ugh. out for a little bit too long. So uh, wish me luck, Chris. <laughs> That's disgusting. You can't have sushi. You can't have sushi the night after because the rice just goes all hard and horrible. Yeah, no. I've only the it's only sushi like I brought is the um, what's the stuff that has like tofu, like sweet tofu, fried tofu around it. It's like a ball of sushi, well, a ball of sushi rice, and then right. um, like a sweet kind of tofu kind of wrapping, uh, and then it's fried. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's very delicious. It's my favourite kind. Oh, of. Uh, abarage, maybe. Mm, maybe. Um, don't know. I'm I'd not reckon, sure. I'd recognise it if I saw it, but uh, yeah, not, I love that. Problem stuff. is, 
I'm not the sort of person that eats tofu often, so it's one of the few cuisines in Japan where my knowledge is rather limited. Um, <laughs> but yeah, enjoy your old <laughs> your old sushi. Um, I will. So this week, uh, someone sent me a message on Twitter aimed at you, Pete. And uh, if you're listening to this, ladies and gentlemen, I advise you to follow us on Twitter because it's one of the few places Pete and I can interact pretty much instantly, and it's quite good. So go on Twitter. Um, but a guy called John Morley, who listens to the podcast, sent a tweet uh, basically revealing the story of Japan's hunt for long-lost ghost wolves, which oh <laughs> sounds a lot more exciting than it is. <laughs> basically, 100 years ago, wolves went extinct in Japan, uh, or believed to be extinct. Uh, but recently they believe that the wolves actually are in Japan somewhere or another. There's lots of people think they might be in um, Chichibu Tamakai National Park, which is actually just near Mount Fuji. Uh, but John Morley on Twitter said that we should go and make a video going in search of the, the Japanese wolf. <laughs> Do it. I can't believe it. So, so they, they, they were apparently just not there. And then so it's, uh, I guess there's been sightings or something? Yeah, some guy, uh, I think a chap sighted one in 1996. He was driving his car down the road and uh, he just saw one walking down the side of the road. So he pulled over <laughs> and uh, took a few photos of it and there are some photos online. It does look an awful lot like a wolf. Yeah. Or, or, admittedly a rather friendly looking wolf. Not that I'd want to come face to face with it. But he uh, pulled down the window and offered uh, offered the wolf a cracker. But uh, <laughs> the wolf just sort of ignored it and walked off and that was the last I think they saw of it. But oh. every... Every few years, they do hear it howling in the distance. And mm. uh, I think just a year ago, um, some investigators set up a camera in one of the forests and uh, they saw some deer running past the camera, which wasn't overly exciting at first. But if they listened, if you listen to the video and it's online, you can actually hear the wolf howling in the distance. Um, so it's out there somewhere. Just waiting <laughs> just to be found wolf. by you, Mr. Donaldson, oh. your next trip. How would you, uh, how would you attract a wolf? Uh, I'll be damned if I know. Bait it, bait it with yakitori <laughs> just chicken. It. Just bait it. <laughs> bananas, bananas and yakitori chicken. Um, I would. I think I would tie you to a tree, mm. cover you in coolish and yakitori, and then make a wolf sound like or whatever mm. the hell wolves sound like, and then just hide up a tree with a camera and see what happens next. I don't think that. <laughs> and then you'll get like destroyed by a bear. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which would be equally entertaining. We're more likely. <laughs> but think of the views, Pete. Think mm, of the views. Think of the, the views. The next video on your YouTube channel. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it could be quite fun to go and look into it. I, I might, maybe not me alone, just walking through the forest. But you I could like interview armed. people doing it. Yeah, <laughs> armed with a stick. I could um, interview people that are actually on the trail of it, and that could be a fun little documentary. What do you mm. reckon? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there must be some people who kind vote? of go out into the, into the park trying to find these wolves, because I'm surprised they've just not been seen, though. I mean, it's not a big country, is it? Well, <laughs> it, most of Japan is actually forests and mountains, mm. though, and, um, you know, a lot of it's inaccessible. And the even though the Chichibu <laughs> Tamakai National Park is sandwiched between Mount Fuji and Saitama yeah. and Nagano, it's still a huge area with no roads going through a lot of it, so it's easy to see how an animal could like hide away there. Mm. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Let's do it. Spooky potential topic to cover in a documentary. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I'm kind of working out what projects to do next year. Yeah, and uh, yeah, could be one to do. Yeah, wolf could be one to go definitely. for. Definitely, uh, we should definitely be on the list. Very exciting. 
Wolf hunting. Wolf hunting. <laughs> Something I never knew I wanted to do. Um, but this week's been a big week. Why has it been a big week, Pete? What's been going down in Japan? Um, you following. A emperor was enthroned. <laughs> <laughs> a emperor. A new emperor has <laughs> appeared, like Pokemon. That's correct. Emperor Naruhito, the ultimate Pokemon. Um, yeah, the, the new emperor's been enthroned uh, this Tuesday or last Tuesday, or a few Tuesdays ago, in front of 2,000 guests, including Prince Charles. Yeah. Um, It's a big deal in Japan, because when the emperor gets enthroned, not only is it a new emperor, but also lots of people get pardoned for their crimes. And uh, this year, half a million people found guilty of petty crimes, such as traffic violations and, I think, theft, uh, were pardoned. So... It's pretty good, isn't it? The system if works. If you're a, a petty thief. <laughs> Bonus. Imagine if you're um, a policeman who like worked really hard on a case and then just the <laughs> emperor, just by virtue of the fact the emperor uh, has ascended to his throne, he just went, nah, get rid, get rid of that. <laughs> that'll be a really good that'll be a really good premise for a film actually <laughs> a really bitter police officer <laughs> who's had his entire case ripped away from him uh, because <laughs> yeah, of the new exactly. emperor actually though <laughs> this year it was half a million people mm. which is quite a lot and yet in 1989 when uh, the current emperor his grandfather uh, Hirohito Emperor Hirohito died more than 10 million people were pardoned Jeez. 10 million people that's, that's insane yeah. They must have had to have gone a little bit hardcore and uh, got rid of people on petty violence charges, like something like worse than like traffic (laughs) violations. Oh my word! Yeah, they must have been must have been really clutching at straws there (laughs) to find people that committed minor crimes. Again, another great uh, another great synopsis for a film. (laughs) Interestingly, I didn't I didn't know that um, the current emperor, and I don't know a lot about the the royal family or the emperors of Japan. It's I'm I'm pretty much the same in Japan as I'm in the UK. I yeah. don't really have much of an opinion on the royal family over in the UK either. It's just a thing that happens, whether I like it or not. Um, and so you find a lot of younger people don't really connect with the emperor in Japan because it's just something that they can't really relate to. They're so disconnected from it in everyday life mm. in Japan that's not really a thing. Though lots of people are excited by it. It's definitely quite exciting. But uh, Emperor Naruhito... He actually went to Oxford University for two years and did his thesis on ancient maritime transport on the River Thames. <laughs> pretty random hilarious. one, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty random. Did, did you see that? Um, oh, God, it might have been the Philippines or Thailand. They, uh, mm. A MP went to university to do her um, BA in something and she got five or six lookalikes to do all of the exams for her. <laughs> what? Which is hilarious. How did that work? How did that work? Well, yeah, you'd think that they would be famous enough, but they got uncovered because a TV um, a TV journalist ran in and grabbed one of the uh, lookalikes and went, you're not her. <laughs> Case closed. It's, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, it, sure, it sure beats the Newcastle United uh, footballer, Charles and Zogbia, uh, getting his friend to take his driving test for him. <laughs> Did that work? Uh, well, presumably not, if I you mean, know it about worked, it. Yeah, exactly. It, it worked to a certain extent, <laughs> and then it didn't, very much so. Genius. Do you have a lookalike that you could uh, you could potentially use as a stand-in for probably, various uh, events? Probably uh, Succession. The TV show Succession is on at the moment, and uh, the brother of Macaulay Culkin kind of looks like me, and that he's got a little <laughs> Weasley voice and a little Weasley face and a little body. Brilliant. <laughs> I don't him, know. Basically. 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know who I could possibly use. Yeah. People say I look like Robert Downey Jr. and Elon Musk and Jack bloody Jack, not Jack Black. Who's the one from Pirates of the Caribbean? Jack Sparrow. Jack Jack Sparrow. God, that's what I haven't had enough coffee. Not enough cold brew coffee. Somebody I don't pointed remember out, the name of Jack Sparrow. Somebody pointed out uh, in uh, one of your videos, I can't remember which one it was, that your beard uh, has the configuration of the Triforce I spotted on Reddit. <laughs> Very enjoyable. I don't know how people find these things out. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> but um, if you are, ladies and gentlemen, if any of you are in Japan uh, in November, they've propo- postponed the parade for the Emperor um, to then, because the... Um, the typhoon happened a few weeks ago, obviously, yeah. Typhoon Hagabis, causing all sorts of chaos. So they actually postponed the uh, the the parade where he'll go through Tokyo in a car, waving at thousands of onlookers. So if you're in Tokyo, check it out. Is, um, it might be a once-in-a-lifetime event. Is Hagabis like a Japanese name, or... I can't, I can't figure it out. <laughs> no, it's... Um, yeah, Typhoon Hagabis. The, the, the thing that annoyed me the most about that damn typhoon a few weeks ago is just the name. So cumbersome. Mm. It's actually a Filipino rock band or pop band, I think. Is it? Um, <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. I went on Twitter saying, oh, watch out, ladies and gentlemen, for Typhoon Hagabis. It sounds a little bit like some disappointing Scottish dish, but actually it's a terrifying typhoon. And underneath that, loads of people wrote, Hagabis isn't a Scottish dish, it's a Filipino band. They're really oh. famous in the Philippines. And I got berated for it, so uh, be why careful. The, why is the why are the weather people naming things after you know South Asian uh, South Asian bands? Well, I think I'd like to give you a funny answer, but I think the real answer is the typhoon. Just it starts kind of just off the coast of the Philippines. I think it's ah. whoever discovers it the the first the first person to discover it gets to name it. But I might <laughs> just be making that up. Don't know. <laughs> Something to look into. Mm. Must be a lot of fun though. Naming a storm, that's a job I want. Yeah, Storm Chris, Kurisu. Storm Chris. Storm Cold Brew. I'd like to think <laughs> Storm Cold Brew, mm. but pronounced Korodobru Korodobru. Storm, storm Cold Brew. Um, I'd like to think I have a, more of a, an imagination than that when it comes to naming storms, <laughs> but I don't. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Anyway, what have we got in the fax machine this week, Mr. Donaldson? What have we, we got? We got an email uh, from who have we got here? Hang fire. Let me just scroll up. Here we go. Ali from Calgary. Hello, Ali. Um, hey, Chris and Pete. My husband Andy and I have been watching Braun Japan Channel for around five years now and listening to the podcast since day one. We love you guys. Uh, we're about to leave Yay. for a two and a half week trip to Japan. Uh, the last time uh, we went, uh, I had a lot of trouble with social anxiety. I was always worried that I was in other people's way, that I wasn't acting properly in public or that I stood out too much and people were staring at me because I'd done something wrong. By the end of our trip, I'd pretty much barricaded myself in our Airbnb and refused to come out except in the late evenings. I've always felt regretted letting my anxiety get the better of me and worry about wrecking our trip this time. Chris, I know you hmm. struggle with some social anxiety and I just wanted to know if you have any advice for people travelling to Japan who are worried about bothering locals by being there. Of course, everyone is different, but uh, does it seem like the Japanese people in general find tourists annoying? Thanks for your hard work on the podcast and your videos. That's Ali from Calgary. Interesting. Mm. I um, can you can you relate to that? Have you ever had any? I, don't, I mean, I don't imagine you do. You don't seem like the person that. Would no, have I that think um, sort of I think I'm always very um, aware of. Um, I'm not. I, I don't think anyone's looking at me, but I think if you can just get out, I just try my best to just stay out of people's way and make sure. But to be honest, mm. I do that anyway because I live in London. And it's really busy anyway, and, you know, you've mm. got to be a responsible commuter, for example. You can't just be walking around with a big bag when people are just trying to get on the train and off the train. So I am pretty conscientious about how I move through the world, um, but I do understand that other people um, probably have a more, much more extreme version of that, and I'm not belittling that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite... Uh, I'm quite aware and quite conscious, and certainly when I'm in Japan, uh, I'm just constantly worried that my friends are being dicks, <laughs> which they invariably are. <laughs> yeah, the old noisy friend problem. Yeah, I've, I've definitely friend. had that on a train where I've had a friend talking too loud, and you know, Japanese trains, you do feel a sense of guilt if you talk too loudly because everyone Easy. just looks so depressed after a long day at work, <laughs> packed into a train, just want a bit of peace and quiet. I am. Um, yeah, Ali's right. It did affect me. I think I must have talked about it in the past at some point. Certainly, my first and second year, mm. it got to me a fair bit um, because I wasn't, I didn't know much about the etiquette in Japan. I had to kind of play it out and see what it was like. But the problem is, uh, it, anxiety kind of it festers away. It grows like a tumor if, unless you stop it dead in its tracks. And I was, I was worrying about things that just weren't happening. You know, I think when you've got social anxiety like that, you're worrying about things that just aren't happening most of the time like bothering the locals as long as you're not being really loud and annoying and I'm sure you weren't Ali uh, I'm sure you weren't then 
you've really got nothing to worry about. I've never had a situation where anyone in Japan has lost their temper at me for doing anything, really. The only time someone got pissed at me was when I was walking down the street. I was in a hurry, and it was raining, and my umbrella bumped into another man's umbrella. Hmm. And he said sort of like, what are you doing? Watch out! And I just sort of... I think I just swore at him because it was a bit rude of him to shout like that. Wasn't I didn't deliberately go to attack his umbrella. No. It wasn't a, cal- a carefully calculated attack. Um, it was just me in a hurry. Um, so I sort of apologised and walked on. But uh, yeah, other than that, nothing has ever happened. And nah. the problem with anxiety, it's just it's just like worrying about things that don't happen 99% yeah. of the time. So just try and stop it dead in its tracks. Nothing will happen. And if something does happen, then... Well, it'll be a good story. And that was the kind of way I looked at it, right? If um, in the incredibly rare event that anything does go wrong, at least, though it might be a bit awkward at the exact moment it happens, at least in the future you've got a story to tell people or an experience to draw from. And once you start looking at life from that perspective, that everything's just an experience to learn from, then, uh, yeah, you, you stop worrying about bad things happening and kind of embrace them a little bit. Surely. Does that make sense? Definitely. Completely agree. Definitely. Fine advice. Cool. All right, there you go. That's my philosophical thought on that. Uh, but yeah, don't let it get to you next time, Ali. Uh, next one's from The Craving Dane. Doesn't specify if he's from Denmark, but uh, let's go on that assumption. Hello, Pete and Chris. Me and my friend went on a holiday to Japan this past summer. It was lovely and all, but we got a problem. See, we both got addicted to Boss Coffee, and now we have this big problem <laughs> that it seems impossible to find it in the West to a price you can to a price you can actually afford to pay. <laughs> do you do you two know any cheap way for a couple of Danes? Oh, there we go. They are from Denmark to get our hands on the sweet, sweet nectar without having to spend the entire bank on it. Big fan of both the podcast and the videos. Best regards, the Craving Dane. Uh, I guess the name makes a lot more sense now mm. we've read the context. Yes, I amazed. Um, as someone who, you know, just admitted for the half the podcast that I drink a lot of coffee and I enjoy a lot of coffee, I can tell you right now that Boss Coffee is not particularly good. Um, <laughs> it's not something you want to get addicted to, is it? Have you, You've had it, haven't you, Pete? I've At had, least once. I've had every blooming flavour of it on the way out of course, in yeah. the evening. Uh, yeah, I, I, when I'm on holiday, I should drink more coffee because I always feel just dreadful all of the time. If I could just have, if I could just have a month in Japan, I reckon I'd around about the second week I'd start to kind of feel more like a human being. Um, but yeah, I should drink more coffee because coffee does make everything a little bit better, and it certainly keeps you regular. <laughs> but um, if you want to, if you want to recreate the uh, magic of Boss Coffee, just get a load of cheap um, granulated coffee, put it in a cup, and add fifteen sugars, and you'll be golden. I think. <laughs> Genuinely, that mm. is. I think you've summed up better than words ever. I think you've summed up perfectly that Boss Definitely. Coffee, it's just it just tastes like sugar in a can. You barely <laughs> even taste of coffee. It's disgusting. But what it does do, <laughs> it does give you quite a big kick because of all the caffeine and the sugar. Yeah. It's like a double whammy. Um, so often when uh, I go out filming with Riotro in the morning, like with the Skiji Fish Market, I often buy a few cans of Boss Coffee and down it and uh, it wakes me up pretty quickly before the inevitable crash. But I think... When you come to Japan next time, Pete, as well mm. as going out finding wolves in the forest, boss coffee in hand, uh, we should take you for some cold brew coffee and see if you can pronounce it. Can you pronounce <laughs> cold brew coffee <laughs> right Kurodo here, right now, buru. in Japanese? Kurodo buru Go on. Kohi or Noimas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, uh, I want to see that unravel. 
want yeah. to see the someone at the desk, someone at like Starbucks, try and understand what it is you're saying. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, what are you gonna uh, do? Ben, what we got from Ben? Ben says, Chris and Pete, thank you for helping my uh, first. Sorry, thank you for helping making my first trip to Japan that little bit extra. From my first coolish trademark to seeking out that uh, not all beef, <laughs> beef stall in Omichiro Market in Kanazawa, the podcast and YouTube videos gave me insight that added an extra layer to my trip. However, a question: What the hell do people do with one and five yen coins in Japan? Who actually live there? Uh, I was only in Japan for two weeks, and I was given thousands of other things. And now we have a bag of them in the UK. No vending machine would accept them, and the idea of counting them out in a convenient to buy a sad late night onigiri was too much. Please explain uh, what people who actually live in Japan do with one and five yen coins. Thank you, uh, Ben. Yeah, it's a problem. It is definitely a problem. When I um, my first three years living in Yamagata, uh, the previous person that lived in the apartment, he just left loads of tins filled with coins, hundreds of, <laughs> well, th- must have been thousands of coins that yeah. just built up over the years. And then I went and got my own jar and I stuffed that and filled that up over another three-year period. And uh, when it came to moving out of the apartment, I had to do like three runs to the bank. Uh, and I, basically they do have this machine where you just pour the coins in and they give you cash. And there was... I think there was three hundred. Uh, there was thirty thousand yen worth of coins. Good lord! Um, so it was a nice little bonus. Yeah, but, but you um, carry other than that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But other than that, bloody annoying. I don't know what they do with the coins. I honestly, to this well, day, the, I still don't know. Well, the one yen coin me just, absolutely mad. The one yen coin look. It feels like it's made of zinc or something like that. It's odd nickel or something. It's really light. Um, yeah, kind of yeah. Coin that, that's not. Do you only ever see them? Being used um, in those, uh, people put them in those little um, boxes at convenience stores or at, um, at shops where you can sort of, mm. if you need a couple of pennies, you can take it, or, or if you want to get rid of a couple of pennies, you put them in there. But um, the five uh, yen coins, you can put them into a onto a Passmore card, can't you, or a uh, or a um, Suica. Yeah, I think you can machines. actually use five yen coins to like. Buy things in vending machines. You know, mm. one one yen coins the useless one. Yeah, and they feel like toys, as you said. Like they're really, really light and weird. Like if you pick up a one yen coin, it feels like a children's toy. So light, and I just I can't stand them. So useless. <laughs> um, but going back to Ben's first bit of the question, he mentioned uh, Notto beef. Even that, isn't that a weirdly a weird no, name of beef? beef? I remember I first had it in Kanazawa Market. It's spelt N O T O. Notto beef. Um, so I remember when I was ordering it, I just felt really awkward because I was like, "Yeah, notto beef, Sounds not like beef." One of those, um, meat substitutes, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> notto beef, notto not beef, beef, mate. We got one from Angela. He says, "Hello, Chris and Pete. Long time listener, but first time writer to the fax machine. I've been living in Tokyo for two months now, and I've just eleven months." Uh, left before I return to my home country of Australia. However, I've been incredibly homesick since arriving. I've lived overseas before, but that was in the UK. I was wondering if you experienced this when you first moved to Japan. If you did, what did you do to combat it? P.S. On a completely unrelated note, the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games will be using a snow machine at the Canoe Spirit at the Canoe Sprint venue uh, to combat the heat. I work on the organising committee and got to see it, although it spit out more ice than snow. From Angela. <laughs> cool. Wow, that's interesting. They um, that, the Olympic Games. It's going to be so damn hot. It could be like 40 degrees Celsius. Mm. So the idea of uh, using a snow machine is not a bad idea. You should just use that for everything. I want one. <laughs> awful um yeah homesickness is a tough one i think 
what did I do? I was a little bit homesick, but not that much because I'd waited all my life to like live overseas. So that kind of counted it. Um, and I felt like I was in a film, which just was quite exciting. But um, yeah, every now and then I'd be in the apartment and I'd have this kind of moment of existential crisis, like what am I doing in this apartment in rural Japan sitting alone? What's going on while all my friends and family are the other side of the world? I'd say it's really important then to just spend time with friends in Japan, try and build up a network of friends nearby. Yeah, keep yourself um, busy. Yeah, keep yourself busy. In my first year, I had quite a few other foreigners around that I did spend quite a lot of time with. I didn't have any Japanese friends at first, but it wasn't until I did make Japanese friends like Natsuki in my second year that I really did feel like it became my home. I didn't. I kind of stopped feeling like a tourist. But uh, yeah, I remember I used to just, um, when I was going to sleep at night, I would just put on my uh, TV or a laptop just playing British sitcom. Like I remember... Yeah watching something like uh, Only Fools and Horses or Blackadder, had that on in the background. And that kind of, I don't know, that kind of helped. So that's my advice. And I still do it now often. I have like something on in the background while I'm working and it just keeps me sane, I guess. I think I just don't like silences, awkward silences, sitting alone in an apartment. But yeah, hopefully that helps, Angela. Best of luck with that. And uh, well done. Sounds like a pretty fun job working on the Olympics, right? Yeah, damn right. Exciting I mean, it's going to be such a big thing. I guess they will have learnt a lot of lessons from the rugby as well. Are you, um, are you going to come over for the Olympics at all? Do you have any plans for that? I've got no plans. I th- it's it's um, cuz the U- the football Euros are on. Going to wait and see. The football Euros are on. Um so you've been in a situation where you kind of want to avoid I can I would want to avoid the Olympics to be honest cuz it'll be crazy. <laughs> but yeah. I'm try- I'll try and squeeze in a, a, a thing at the end of the season I reckon I should be over. Um but yeah. uh, I just I just want to just travel a world and not worry about work, but, uh, you know, work's work, innit? <laughs> work is work. work and is at work least is work. your trips to Japan are tax deductible now. Yes! The be- <laughs> Damn straight. Business <laughs> the benefits meeting. of the podcast. With Chris. It's the real reason he does the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, <laughs> keep the comments, questions, stories coming in to Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to do an episode on hidden spots in Tokyo and beyond. Uh, I say hidden spots. People often ask me for secret hidden spots uh, and places that most tourist guides don't usually talk about. So we're going to cover that. I'm going to throw in my ideas. Pete's going to bring his to the table and uh, I'll probably go on Twitter and ask people as well. So keep an ear out for that. But for now, no matter where you might be, out in the big wide world, have yourself a great week and we'll be back next Wednesday to do it all over again. Bye-bye. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production.